It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Oh my, what a week we have witnessed, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning into ESPN 920. That's just what our 103rd PGA champion may have said to himself this weekend. And while Phil's dreams were answered and the LPGA made a Princeton pivot, an epic feud was blowing up the internet. Our blessings in golf are infinite currently. What else? We'll dream on because we have next week's major host with us as well. Let's go, Wade. We had to mix it up a little bit in the beginning this week there, Mr. Wade Weezer, because uh, it was an unbelievable PGA championship down there at Kiowa Island. The 50-year-old Phil Mickelson pulled it off, answered his own dreams, and the dreams of all of network television sponsors and everyone else involved that had a dollar bill. Yes, he did. Put into that thing, because I tell you, what a weekend of sports we just witnessed. You know what? We could be back. I mean, here in New Jersey, we're celebrating, you know, a return back to normal with the uh, no more with the removal of masks yep. to go indoors and everything. Literally From, and figuratively. Yes. Memorial Day weekend is here. But last weekend was certainly a coming out party. I mean, you had NBA arenas for the playoffs filled with fans, NHL arenas, uh, the PGA championship. It's just it's just a massive, massive weekend for sports. And Phil pulled it off in the end. We'll get back to him in just a second. But, you know, it's been a great week just overall. I want to give a big shout out to the author, Tom Coyne, who invited me over to his book release on Monday over there at Rolling Green Country Club in Philadelphia. A little Course Called America is the new book. So check that out, everybody. It is fantastic. I'm about 50 pages in. It's been a busy week. Sorry. Hey, you. And uh, it's uh, I know. Yeah. I'm having it smart and all. Yeah, I'm having it read to me. It's fine. You know, (laughs) speaking of having it read to me, we have a great guest this afternoon that goes way back in my golf lifetime. His name's Will Hutter. Will is the director of golf at the Olympic Club, which is the host next week of the 76th Women's U.S. Open. And, you know, it and the bountiful harvest that we are receiving currently that I alluded to in the opening uh, continues. We have three championship venues this week happening in the world of golf. Again, we have the senior PGA championship as if the PGA of America, these guys must be men and women must be gluttons for punishment because they have another major championship this week for the 50 and over male crowd uh, out there at Southern Hills, which is a preview of next PGA championship, which is going out there. We have the ladies playing the LPGA, the bank of hope LPGA match play at shadow Creek in Las Vegas an epic, epic course. And then you have the Charles Schwab Challenge there at Colonial, which is Hogan's Alley. Tons of golf going on. Tons of golf news. Speaking of golf news, yes, Princeton is in the golf news. Princeton. He, Prin- Princeton, Princeton, New Jersey. Princeton University made unbelievable golf news. And I, I talked about this in the opening as well as the LPGA has named their new commissioner. So we'll rewind real quick. 
Mike Wan, who is successfully running the LPGA, has moved on to become the CEO of the USGA. And we'll get more to the USGA over the next couple weeks as we uh, witness the men's, uh, the women's first next week, and then the men's U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in three weeks. But the LPGA needed to fill the void in the shoes of Mike Wan as he has walked probably across the hall to another office over here at the USGA. Now, they hired Molly Marcuse-Saman. And everyone in Princeton is going to know that name. Now, everyone in golf, it was kind of interesting when the news broke on Wednesday or Tuesday. I think it was maybe whatever day it was. Doesn't matter. Right. Everyone on the golf channel and the sports and golf digest, they nobody knew how to say her name. It was cracking me up. You know, now having worked alongside Molly when, during my tenure at Springdale, um, she was there seven years um, side by side with me. I'm well aware, not only of how to pronounce her name, of the amazing leadership qualities that this woman has. I mean, she is a fantastic, fantastic manager, leader, inspir- you know, um, inspirational and motivational, just human being, you know. And just listen to this track record there, Mr. Weezer, right? Yes, In her seven years, the 37 teams at Princeton, right? 27 different teams won an Ivy League title. She had 65 titles overall. That's 14 more than the second place school, right? Yeah, she's first place by a lot. First place by a lot. It's like 30 more than the third place school in seven years. And more than two thirds of the teams had won a title, right? I mean, she is just unbelievable. And, you know, she's had a, she's had a long connection to Princeton. She was a graduate there, two-sport varsity athlete, um, four-time All-Ivy League selection in one of the sports, hockey. She also played soccer. Uh, just an amazing, amazing human being. I, I can't say enough great things about this, and I'm so excited for the LPGA because I think that this is really going to help. Once again, like Mike Wan going over to the USGA, it's going to help bring the allied associations together. You know, I'm always preaching about the PGA to work with the USGA to work with the LPGA, to work with the PGA Tour. There's a strong connection here now because Molly, with her Princeton ties, when she graduated Princeton, she went and worked at Lawrenceville. Right. At the Lawrenceville School. And you know who else went to the Lawrenceville School? Jay Monahan. He's now in charge of the PGA Tour. So they're taking over. Right. The jersey's taken over. They could, there's a conspiracy theory here somewhere, right? Mm. We'll get in. There's a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories out there right now, but Brooks and Bryson will come later. Um, so, no, really. And then beyond that, Seth Waugh, who's the CEO of the PGA of America, he went to the Lawrenceville School. His dad actually taught there. Now, they were all there at different times, but the connection to golf there is kind of a cool thing. And speaking of another connection to golf, in order to graduate Princeton, you have to write a, a major thesis. Okay. Right. You have to do research and you have to come up with this like thousand page paper that you're writing in order to graduate. Do you know what the title of hers was? The Social Construction of Sports and Gender, a History of Women's Golf from 1895 to 1955. Wow. Big. Yeah. Right. You got a hot button for this, right? Big, do. big congratulations to the LPGA because you hired a total all star in Molly Marcuse Saman. And if you want to hear Molly and you want to get to know her better, go way back episode eight of the pro show right back in june of 2018 okay and she was our guest in studio really in she studio. was wow. in studio guest uh right there from in princeton and uh, i'm gonna we'll close with bc before covid bc yes yeah <laughs> i'm gonna close with this angela stanford uh sanford who had been on tour for a long time the lpga tour for a long time her reaction and this will be similar to the reaction of many of the players right she goes i'm not sure how to properly phrase this 
but she sounds like a badass, right? <laughs> Which I thought was really kind of cool because knowing Molly, she is 100% badass. And Probably. I'm telling you, the coaches love her there. The players love her there. She knows what it means to be a Tiger. She's going to take that over to the LPGA. Nothing but great things are going to happen there. And speaking of great things happening, congratulations to Phil Mickelson. Nobody saw this coming except maybe maybe Phil in some of his <laughs> visualization practices. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was 115 in the official world golf rankings. He didn't have a top 20 all year on the PGA Tour. And now he has won the second major championship of the year. And... You know, one of the funny things, a lot of things popped into my mind as this was happening on Sunday, other than Phil's safety. But since last year when we were in COVID and they had the huge match between Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Right. right. Yep. Since Tiger and Peyton won that. Right. Tom Brady went on to win his seventh Super Bowl. He did, yes, he and did. And Phil went, into win, went on to win the PGA <laughs> like he, Championship, he's older, his sixth major championship. And Tom Brady's older than Phil, right? No, <laughs> he could be. Get the stat people on that. Exactly. Right? Unbel- unbelievable championship by the PGA of America. Can't say enough nice things. But folks, 30 years of winning by Phil Mickelson. Again, hit the hot button. 1991, as an amateur in college, he won his first PGA Tour event. And then he just won his 45th. That's an extended applause there. It is. Well, he deserves it. It's like a Brazilian goal call. That's There's no doubt. And it's like a 30-year applause. And <laughs> in 2021, he wins the 103rd PGA Championship. It's just, it's just a fantastic week. I love everything about it. I love the golf course. Can't get back there soon enough. Amazing test. And, uh, you know, Phil Mickelson, kudos, man. I mean, a couple years ago when Arnold Palmer passed away, everyone was looking who, who was going to be the person that was going to take over and carry that torch. Well, I think Phil Mickelson has embraced that in many ways in a modern sense. And I'm happy to say that the fans love him. You know, the people behind the scenes in golf like myself, we love him. So, Phil, congratulations and enjoy the moment. And you know who else is enjoying the moment as this golf season kicks into high gear? That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. And they will tell you, as golf has become a therapeutic part of the rehabilitation process for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, the New Jersey Golf Foundation is all in, offering golf programming specifically for veterans through PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere. Veterans enjoy camaraderie on the golf course alongside fellow veterans while learning the game from PGA professionals. For more information on weekly PGA Hope programs at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club, Forsgate, and Galloping Hill, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-12. That's NJGolfFoundation.org. Call 732-465-1212. Well, my friend, we are quickly approaching that uh, 310 mark here in New York. So, folks, thanks for listening to ESPN 920. The dream continues in a couple moments with our guest, Will Hunter. John Johnson. Any quarterback that play underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Subin Mahinte. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin. 
Weekday morning starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Fresh off one amazing major championship, we are already gearing up for another. Next week is the 76th Women's U.S. Open. It's being contested at the legendary Olympic Club. And today we have their director of golf, Will Hutter, an awesome golf ambassador. He and his team will no doubt give the women a championship to remember. Friday afternoon here in Jersey and we are out there on the left coast and joined by the director of golf from the Olympic Club. His name is Will Hutter. Will Hutter, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you doing this afternoon, my friend? I am doing great, Keith. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to, to chat uh, U.S. Women's Open Golf with you. Well, you know what? Before we get to that, let's jump back a step. I heard you were jet-setting this week, and you were over at Kiowa. And, you know, it's just an unbelievable story developed there with Phil Mickelson winning at the age of 50, the competition that was put on, you know, by our association, the PGA of America. You were live on the property as a future host site for the PGA Championship. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience and, uh, you know, what your takeaway is on Phil's big win? Uh, I think it was a fantastic win uh, for the game of golf. Uh, Phil's been a great ambassador for golf and a, and a big promoter. Uh, I think it was great. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be there just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, great setup. You know, obviously still some COVID protocols in place and, and a smaller crowd than than normal. Uh, but it was it was a fabulous championship. Uh, I didn't really jet set, if you call riding in the last row of a Delta flight uh, cross country as jet setting, but uh, it was it was great to be there. And it was it was a fun time. Uh, PGA America puts on a great championship. You know, obviously, uh, uh, course setup is always a, a key element for the players, and and I think Kerry Hague from the PGA of America does a great job with that. David Charles and all the folks. So. Uh, it was uh, very impressive uh, as a PGA member to see it in person. Well, I tell you, we're all riding on the emotion of the moment that uh, took place on Sunday evening. And, you know, they said there was only 10,000 people there. I think there was 10,000 people around Brooks and Phil. I mean, it was a pretty amazing scene. And I know you guys are getting geared up to set up a similarly amazing scene come next week uh, when you host the biggest tournament in all of women's golf, the Women's U.S. Open. So, you know, how does it feel right off the bat to be one of the few? I mean, this is a legendary site to host this championship. There haven't been many over the years like an Olympic club or an Oakmont. Um, how do you guys feel about bringing the biggest tournament in women's golf to the Olympic club? 
Well, obviously the, the, the membership is very excited about it. We've, we've been a big supporter of, uh, you know, championship golf in, in general, uh, USGA championships. Uh, this will be our 11th, uh, with, with the five men's open. Uh, we have, we've had three AMs, uh, one junior AM and the, uh, the inaugural four ball back in 2015. And, and we've got the 2025, uh, USAM on the books, uh, uh, coming up as well. So, uh, we love championship golf at the club and, uh, couldn't be uh, prouder to have, you know, the women's open it. And as we alluded to, uh, the rotation of courses that the USGA has now put together, uh, for the women's championship it has really, uh, stepped up their game. You know, Pebble is a couple years down the road. And as you mentioned, Oakmont, uh, and they continue to get some great sites. So, uh, from the players we've had in, uh, early for early practice over the last couple of months, they couldn't be, uh, uh, more excited to come to a venue like Olympic, and, and we couldn't be uh, more prouder to have them. Well, it, it, there's no doubt that it seems like there's a very strong connection between the membership of the Olympic Club and the USGA. Uh, the biggest tournament in women's golf. How has the membership come together just in the last couple of months and rallied and you know put together just a wonderful platform for these this women's tournament? Um, in your opinion, you know how have the members come together and and really put this into and make it a special event? Well, we we've obviously been you know it's been a tough year with with uh, COVID and, and uh, some very tough restrictions. Obviously, we had the PGA right right across the lake. Uh, Lake Merced at, at TPC Harding Park last August. And, you know, I was on the host committee for that as well. And, and obviously that was a, a unique scene, uh, basically a big college event, it seemed like, uh, if you're on property with no fans and, and very, very few volunteers. But uh, for our club, we, we've, we've taken the, you know, we've used the same uh, model over the years for all our opens and we had uh, just a tremendous outpouring of support from the membership uh, we we're oversubscribed on volunteers had to turn people away uh, just from the club side um, and so it's it's just been great we we want it to be a very special championship um, uh, there's a player services team from the usga and, and our our committee has put together some great things uh, for the players uh, within the the rules of the city of San Francisco for gathering. So we've got a limited, uh, uh, really cool thing on, on, uh, Tuesday night, a, a chef's challenge, uh, with Thomas Keller from the French laundry is one of the chefs. We've got about eight or nine local chefs. So they're going to be doing some tastings for the players and, and things like that. We're going to do a great, uh, little caddy, caddy player, uh, really fun uh, casual event on our cliffs course, which is our nine hole par three on the ocean uh, on Monday afternoon, kind of a, just a kind of a e ease into the week for the caddies and, and give them a little something to, uh, to enjoy as well. So we want to, we want to do some unique things that we're capable of doing uh, within the restrictions and, and have a great championship for, for all the players. You know, that's pretty awesome. I mean, th th some people are really being innovative there, and I, and I love the style of where golf is going in general, but it sounds to me like you all are going to really encapsulate that for the player experience, which, you know, for the USGA championship like this is a really big deal. I mean, to qualify for something like this and play in a national championship should be, you know, every young woman American golfer's dream. 
And speaking of a dream, we have a dream guest on here with us today, folks. If you can't recognize that voice, well, it's Will Hutter. He is the director of golf out at the Olympic Club in San Francisco and host of the 76th Women's U.S. Open next week. Now, talking about the Women's Open, it's a heavy lift to host a a national championship like this. To give my listeners an idea of all that goes into something like this, about how long ago did you really start preparing for the event? I mean, from an agronomy stage, was it like... Two years ago from it from a championship and pavilions and you know kind of give my listeners a little bit of a breakdown of how much goes into what we're going to see next week well it's it's been obviously since the announcement in, in uh, late 2016 2017 early 2017 uh we've been preparing for it uh in some way shape or form almost every day um from an agronomy standpoint obviously there's some changes to the golf course that uh, we had taken away from the 2012 men's open, uh, some of the fairways, uh, we actually had widened them in the, uh, around 2014, 2015 back for enjoyment for the everyday member play. We've narrowed a few of those back down, brought in a few more low mo areas that we had in 2012. So golf courses, you know, started to started that prep almost, uh, two years ago. So, uh, it would be in, in just great shape for the players, you know, and then obviously from a committee standpoint um, and planning standpoint, we've had meetings for the last couple of years, uh, almost uh, at least one a week for me. And uh, obviously as we ramped up here in the last six, eight months, um, quite a bit more, the uh, USGA has been great. Uh, they've been a great golf partner of the club forever. Uh, and they've been, you know, had to be very flexible. Uh, you know, Reg Jones, Matt Sawicki, um, you know, Marissa uh, Giglio uh, here on site. They've had to roll with the punches, working with the city of San Francisco, all the changes that are coming through for COVID protocols. You know, two months ago, we weren't going to have any fans. Uh, but now we're going to have a limited number, uh, but it'll, it'll be a good representation on the grounds. Uh, you know, we would have loved to have a what we thought could have been a, a record-setting uh, attendance. Uh, I think Lancaster, PA, had the largest uh, attendance maybe uh, five, eight years ago, and, and we were trying to trying to beat that uh, uh, that number. But all that all that to say, we're we're just excited. Uh, the planning has been uh, well worth it, and uh, you know, a lot of pivots along the way. But uh, we are we are getting geared up and be ready for uh, players to arrive on Saturday. Well, you know what? There's no doubt that you guys are going to put on a spectacular show next week. And let's kind of dig into the director of golf mind that you have here, because you as the ambassador for the Olympic Club and and specifically the golf course, um, you have a very good understanding of what type of player it will take. And you mentioned the fans. What kind of player the fans will see come next Sunday raising the trophy. So let's kind of break this down for my listeners a little bit and talk about what type of player do you think, you know, they should bet on that will play well at Olympic? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's always a a key element of any USGA championship uh, based on course setup. Um, you know, other than maybe Chambers Bay that was, you know, big fairways and not a lot of rough. Um, you know, there, there's significant rough. Uh, you know, we're in the three, three and a quarter inch uh, rough. And so driving the golf ball, 
in play in the fairway is going to be one of the biggest keys to the week. Uh, playing playing out of the rough and missing greens here will lead to you'll get on the bogey trend real quick uh, because around the greens, the greens are so small that even if you don't short side yourself, you still have very difficult pitches uh, to sloping greens and, and very deep bunkers. So you got to have the ball in play. you got to control your golf ball off the tee, and then you have a lot better chance of, of uh, you know, Greens and regulation, and and uh, you know, being able to, to uh, stay out of trouble, stay off that bogey train, which comes pretty quick here at the Olympic Club. It comes right out of the opening stretch. Um, although they'll play the first hole as a par five, which is what we normally do for the members. Uh, for the men in 2012, they played it as a 505 par four, but the opening stretch. Uh, you know, in the 2012 men's open was the hardest six hole stretch in us open golf. So if you take away the first hole, two, three, four, five, six are very difficult starting holes and, and very difficult day in and day out for a membership, uh, to get out of the gate and using split tees, the ninth tee, uh, is the closer than the 10th tee. So we go off one and nine, which is a little unusual. That stretch from nine through 13 is the other tough stretch. So, for the players, they got to be ready to play uh, right out of the gate, um, get the round started. Uh, you can get off to a very, very slow start at Olympic on both sides. So getting that ball in, in, in the fairway is going to be critical off the tee. You know, so much is made about distance in the game of golf and with the USGA, but put them aside for a second. I know there's a lot of very unique dogleg holes there at Olympic in the reverse cant of the fairways. Do you feel like a bomber could get away with hitting through some of those dog legs and, you know, maybe attack the golf course a little bit more, or is that just not a possibility? Well, I, I you know, it's, it's like anything, uh, you know, as Phil likes to say, he likes hitting bombs. And, and we saw with Bryson, he hit bombs at, uh, at Wingfoot and was able to come away with a victory. So there are different styles that, that may work. Um, you know, a lot of talk on Lexi Thompson, one of the, one of the longer hitters uh, in in women's golf, and, and how she would play some of the holes. And and Kay Cockrell, uh, golf channel analyst and on course reporter, is one of our members, longtime member, uh, two time women's amateur champion uh, back in the day. And Kay's Kay's been great uh, insight. Obviously, she knows the LPGA players better than just about anyone. And we've had this conversation and, and she agrees that it is potential. Uh, there is a potential for a longer hitter uh, to go ahead and, and try to be very aggressive in the key spots uh, and, and go ahead and get that ball out, play from the rough, maybe, you know, the bomb and gouge type style on some holes. But, you know, obviously at Olympic, one of the things that makes us unique is, is also the trees and, and our large, large cypress trees. They uh, they are tough na- to navigate, and they are definitely not ninety uh, percent uh, air. They are one hundred percent wood, and that ball ball as as we've seen over the years. Sometimes the ball will stay up in the tree, so um, because of the nature of the the kind of the basket um, branches that we have. But all that to say, got to get the ball in the fairway. Got to be strategic if you do want to get very aggressive off the tee. Uh, you're going to have to pick your spots. 
All right, let's have a little fun here. Now, you talked about Kay Cockrell, who's a two-time amateur champion. I want to bring up another two-time women's amateur champion, and that's Danielle Kang, who's from San Francisco. And I kind of like her chances next week, or somebody like an NB Park. But, you know, for my gamblers out there who are going to jump on, you know, DraftKings or something and, you know, maybe try to wager a little bit, um, let's you and I have some fun and try to prognosticate a little bit about who you think you know, as the host professional might, might give me a name or so. I know you've mentioned Lexi and I've mentioned Danielle. Is there anybody else who kind of catches your eye? Because you've seen some practice rounds and you've seen some player reactions and sometimes player reactions tell a story. So a little bit of insider knowledge here. Let's see what you got. Well, you know, we've, we've been fortunate. Like I said, we've had some uh, preview practice rounds, if you will, from some of the, some of the top players in the world. Lydia Coe's been very impressive. Uh, watched her play uh, five or six holes. Um, and she, obviously, she's playing well again. Finally won after, I think, a three-year drought. Uh, so her confidence is high. Uh, as you mentioned, Daniel Kang, uh, obviously kind of local. She's played a little bit more out there and, and, and has a feel for the course. Um, you know, a lot of people like like uh, NB Park. Brooke Henderson is, is a name that... that um, you know, she won at Sahali, which is a uh, tree-lined uh, driver's golf course. Uh, so she's one of those people that uh, uh, some people are, are excited about. And then kind of the, the flyer, if you will, like, you know, I took Louis Oosthuizen last week at the PGA, and I almost looked like a genius. Um, uh, but he just couldn't pull it off. The, the other flyer is the, probably the hottest player in women's golf right now is Rachel Heck. Uh, uh, amateur at Stanford, just yeah, sure. Uh, uh, her freshman year, unfortunately, they got uh, bounced out of the uh, match play portion in the NCAA. But uh, Annika Storm, Storm Player of the Year, uh, she won. We hosted a uh, mini collegiate event on May the fifth, kind of as a set, as a test the setup, and, and rough wasn't quite up yet, and. Greens weren't at championship speed. We were still in, in member golf mode, but uh, she fired 66 uh, from about the tees that, that they'll play uh, and won, won the individual title. Stanford won uh, over uh, UC Davis, uh, Cal Berkeley, and uh, uh, University of San Francisco. But uh, she is a very impressive player. I watched her play the last four or five holes there, and, and she just plays great and obviously playing very well. So there's a lot of good players, um, you know, to choose from, but those are on on top of my list. Yeah, Rachel Hecht is an amazing story. And, you know, if I could bet for her to be in the top 10 or top 20 as an amateur, I I think that she's definitely going to continue to make some waves coming off of her individual NCAA championship this past week. Folks, we have Will Hutter with us from the Olympic Club. He's the director of golf out there, and he is the host of the 76th Women's U.S. Open next week. Now, we're about done here with the front nine of our interview there, Mr. Hutter. I need you to hold on because our sponsors need to get a word in. So can you pause for a second, my friend? You bet. All right, folks. We'll be back in a moment. As for now, thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Player 
years, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision, and we support her decision, more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. Today's interview is brought to you by our friends at Beedratty. Beedratty is known for their irrationally comfortable Peruvian Pima cotton polos. But did you know they've branched into new categories? You must try like boxers, layers, button downs, and even performance fabrics with their Dratty Sport. The theme with all of their products is meticulous attention to detail. Details most companies choose to overlook. Be Dratty thoughtfully considers like our favorite Russell Quarter Zip, where the front pouch is sewn into the garment and not topped on, allowing for a slimmer, less bulky fit. Shop the entire Be Dratty line at BeDratty.com and receive 25% off with our exclusive discount code KJS25. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with PGA professional Will Hutter. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. What I want. joined this afternoon by a very cool golf professional about to host the biggest tourney in women's golf. I just wonder which of the wonderful women playing will be singing Will, you make my dreams come true next Sunday night. Alright, on to the back nine with our conversation with Will Hutter. Will, welcome back to the show. Having a little fun with the music this afternoon. You enjoying the vibe? Uh, absolutely. I've got to finish up my burger dog here at the turn. So give me give me a minute. Oh yeah, the world famous, the world famous burger dog. So tell me about that. You know, you you've been there, the golf press professional there for about six years, right? Um, how how legit is that burger dog? It is one hundred percent legit. It's 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 as good as it gets. It's they're, they do a heck of a job and, and they're going to be part of the uh, championship experience next week, uh, open for all, all our members and the public that'll be there. So, uh, good chance for people to enjoy a burger dog and a, a local, uh, anchor steam beer, uh, next week. Well, you know what? I, I bet you a couple people are going to enjoy those. That's for sure. You're going to probably see them all over social media, kind of like during that media day. You know, you guys had a lot of fun with that media day. What was one of your takeaways from media day with the USGA in anticipation for this Women's Open? Uh, that that was a great day, and, and uh, we had a Chamber of Commerce day weather-wise. So that was one takeaway is, you know, as we get into summer, it uh, – it becomes colder here. So the old uh, uh, line from Mark Twain, the, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. And uh, Mark Twain was, was a member of the Olympic Club. We're a very large club. We, we currently have uh, well over uh, 10,000 members currently. Uh, we have an athletic club downtown uh, with uh, Olympic uh, athletes. We had seven Olymp- Olympic medals in the in the games at Rio from our membership alone, and so we're more than just a golf golf club, which is hard for a lot of golf fans to understand. But uh, we're actually the small part of the club. The golf 
45 holes of golf and we're the small part of the club, but it's an amazing club, but the weather will be a factor. Uh, as I, as I say, we're looking at about half sun, half fog right now. When the fog rolls in, temperatures drop, uh, you know, the ball just does not carry, uh, here at Olympic very far. So, uh, players, players and caddies will have to factor that in, uh, as, as, as the weather changes, it changes quite often during the day as well. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting championship. You know, you bring up a very unique aspect of the club there, and it's an Olympic year. So it's almost like the Women's Open has a challenger this summer because all of your Olympic athletes that train there are getting ready for the Tokyo Games. Um, Do you feel like, as a golf professional, coming into contact with some of those world-class athletes, you've you've learned something unique um, about how you would plan and prepare for your own golf game? Oh, absolutely. We've got, we've got, uh, well, Nathan Adrian's one of the, uh, great swimmers, uh, at the club and, and Olympic gold medalist. And I mean, the, the training regimen that, that, uh, we hear about from downtown is just, uh, consistent. Obviously in, in the year of COVID, it's been tough for all the athletes, uh, their training sites and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a, uh, constant for some of these folks. We've got, uh, some great runners, some triathletes, um, some bike uh, folks, and they're they're after it every day. And so, it, it's it's the attention to detail. It's the uh, you know pride in their craft, if you will, and and the fact that they have to be dedicated and uh, and it's a twenty four seven effort. So uh, we see that from some of our golfers out here. We we've got uh, obviously some some great amateur players at the club and, and they are working at it all the time. And so it's great to see. Now, speaking of getting after it every day, I mean, you have been a PGA professional, a career guy for a long time, and you've been to some really cool places. And, you know, it kind of makes me think that, you know, that helps your appreciation for your role. And we can take kind of a macro look at the golf world, right? You, What do you love most about being the director of golf at the Olympic club or just being a golf professional in general? Well, I think, you know, had, as you know, we met years ago at Sea Island and, uh, while, while during, during my tenure there, uh, I just love the game and, and the people and, and everything about it, uh, talking golf, being around golf, uh, being around people. It's, it's the thing that, that motivates me day in and day out is, is, you know, I get to, uh, have great relationships with great people and, and we're a unique club, uh, you know, I've had a, had a great history at some great clubs. Uh, I was in an all-men's golf club uh, in Indiana called Wolf Run, which unfortunately is no longer there. Uh, and, you know, that's a whole different vibe. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, big news out of Pine Valley that they're they're going to uh, permit women to, to join, which is great in, in the world we're in now. Your field obviously uh, did that a number a couple of years ago. Uh, uh in the British open rotation. So I've seen all kinds of different operations and, and what I, what I always come back to is just the great people you meet and the relationships that you have uh, over the years and, and, and how you can impact their lives in a positive way and vice versa. I've had so many great uh, people to help me along the way and, and uh, be supporters of mine. So the game, the game is great and the people make the game. 
Well, you know what? You mentioned relationships there. And folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to today, it's Will Hutter. He's the director of golf out at the Olympic Club, host of next week's U.S. Women's Open. And our relationship started about 20 years ago. And I know that, you know, like me and you, we've met some very influential people along that timeline, right? Is there somebody in particular along the way that really made an impact on you as you've gone through and been so successful in your career? Well, you know, my the, the my first mentor would be a gentleman named Sam Carmichael. Uh, uh, I grew up in a little town in, in Indiana called uh, Martinsville, Indiana, home of John Wooden, the great UCLA basketball oh, wow. coach. So, so uh, John Wooden uh, went to John Wooden High School, and uh, so, but Sam Sam was a great player. Uh, Sam played in in a number of majors, including the. 1966 U.S. Open at Olympic Club, and during my interview process, they were kind of showing me the the great scrolls where everyone signs, all the players sign a, a scroll uh, at registration. And you know, someone pointed out Arnold Palmer's signature and Billy Casper's, and I go, "Well, that's Sam Carmichael," because uh, Sam was Sam. I worked for Sam. Uh, he was the first job I ever had working at the Martinsville Country Club. Didn't really know that much about golf my parents were golfers and got me into the game uh late i was a hockey player growing up but i recognized sam's uh signature because he signed all my checks as a as a as a high schooler and college kid so i knew that i knew that signature right away so sam was one of the first people who got me in the game and, and like i said a great player great teacher sam was was uh on a side note he he was the uh the Bob Knight golf show. He was the professional that, that Bob, uh, there were some classic outtakes from that, obviously with coach Knight and his fiery personality. But Sam was, was the, uh, partner of Bob in, in, in that, uh, endeavor. But the other person is, uh, a guy named Eric Schneider, um, either smart enough or dumb or, or too dumb, but he hired me three different times at three different locations, uh, convinced me to come down to sea Island, uh, uh, after working for him as an assistant pro in Indiana at a couple spots. Uh, and that was the greatest move I could make. And uh, uh, Eric's been a great mentor of mine over the years. So, um, yeah, those are the two two main folks who shaped my golf career. You know, I always learn something unique about my guests as we go through this process of these interviews on Friday afternoons. And, and, and that's what I love most about the pro show and doing this. But, you know, there's another aspect of the show that we have a little fun with, too. And we learn a little bit more about our guests. And that's a little rapid fire Q&A. You know, the fans and the listeners love it. They love to get to know my guests just like I do on a little bit more intimate level. So you up for a little fun to finish off this interview on a Friday afternoon? Absolutely. I, you know, as long as I don't get hypnotized. <laughs> we're going to go there, huh? You know, we could, we could, if, if this goes sideways, Yeah, we, we could. Uh, all right. Well, I, I guess I'll behave. I don't know that I need you telling anyone my, my hypnotist story. That's for sure. Although okay. you have video of it. For, we, I have video. We can save that for another day. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty, pretty unbelievable. All right, here we go. Favorite Oklahoma athlete all time. Boy, that's that's a tough one right out of the gate. This is supposed to be rapid fire too, isn't it? Yeah. What what pops Billy, in your mind? Billy Billy Sims. All right. I mean, you were there when they won the national championship, right? Not that year, but in in the mid '80s, yes. All I'm right. Not that old. Oh, well, fair enough. All right. 
other than golf, name an Olympic sport you would train for at the club. Hmm. Uh, I would say curling, but we don't have curling at our club. You know, if you were 21 years old and you were going to pick an Olympic sport, what would you pick? Uh, probably swimming. All right. Describe next week's Women's U.S. Open in one word. Demanding. Have you ever driven in an armored limousine? Yes. Story? Rapid or 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 long? <laughs> I I don't know. I you know my sources told me to ask that question. They they thought there might be a story there. There is a story. Uh, we hosted the G8 Summit at Sea Islands uh, back in 2004, and um, so a contingent of, of some representatives from uh, the Middle East decided to go out on the golf course, and we had to shadow them, uh, and uh, the Secret Service didn't know where to go, so they made me hop in a limousine. And long story short, the, the driver says, if all heck breaks loose and there's gunfire, hop out and open the door. I said, if there's gunfire, I'm ducking. He goes, there's bulletproof. I said, I'll probably still duck. Right. So. You know, we wear many hats as PGA professionals. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you rather have dinner with Bryson or Brooks? Brooks. All right. Team Brooks. But I, but, but I know they're not going to, they're not going to invite each other. <laughs> I don't think so. No more to come on that for sure. All right. Who will win the U S women's open next week? I'm going to go with Lydia Ko. Great pick. One more. When you hear the words Olympic Club, what's the first image that comes to mind? Uh, the, the iconic uh, 18th hole. That's quite a shot right there. You know, I, I could picture that one in your mind from uh, Webb Simpson winning back in 2012. Well, I tell you what, Will Hutter, it's been just a pleasure having you here on the pro show this afternoon. You've been a great friend for, you know, decades, and I can't thank you enough for joining me. Well, it's been my pleasure. And, and uh, whenever your listeners want to hear about your your hypnotist story, I'd be happy to hop back on and tell them. Um, we'll save that for another time. All right, bro. You know what there, Wade Weezer? Will yes, sir. Hutter, Will Hutter, man. That guy, he is the pro's pro, and he's been a great friend for a long time. I'm so happy we could get him on and and really, you know, shine the light on him because he does a tremendous job being an ambassador for the game at such an iconic, iconic golf course. And he had some he had some very quietly funny lines, by the way. They, they, very subtly put out there, but you know, he was he was not exactly a stand-up comedian, but he made me laugh a little bit. No, yeah, he definitely that dry humor. Yeah, it's almost like in a little bit of a Seinfeld way. Right, you know? exactly. Yep, yep. He uh, he he got a couple good ones in there, that's for sure. And speaking of good ones, you know, today's interview was brought to you by B Dratty. Let me tell you about my favorite B Dratty item. You know, lately we've been talking about the button-down dress shirt, uh, the Chadwick. But you know what though? We're going out to San Francisco. It's a little more casual, and I'm going to talk to you about the Dewey T. I mean, this thing is the best T-shirt you've ever worn. It's made from organic Peruvian Pima cotton. It's summer ready. It's Memorial Day weekend, so you got to get summer ready. And I'm telling you, this thing is the most comfortable T-shirt you've ever worn. And the best part about it is if you buy a large, it stays as a large. Really? Yes. And shrink. Does not shrink. It is super comfortable. You'll want to sleep in it. I mean, that that in and of itself says enough. If you want to sleep in the thing, you know it's comfortable. (laughs) 
Yes, that, I believe that's like in the dictionary of comfortable t-shirt. You had me a Peruvian, by the way. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Folks, if you want to grab one of those t-shirts or anything else from Bdratty, you know what? Go to Bdratty.com, use the code KJS25, you get 25% off, and it's exclusive to all my listeners of here on The Pro Show. Nice. Now, speaking of The Pro Show, we are fast approaching 4 p.m. here, so thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, The Weekly Update. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision, and we support her decision, more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals, so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To complement programming, the NJGF awards annual scholarships to junior golfers that showcase the qualities of a young professional and a commitment to volunteerism. The NJGF also hosts a lineup of special events highlighted by the Golf Classic at Baltusrol Golf Club, the foundation's signature fundraising event. If you are interested in supporting the NJGF or learning more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation org or 732-465-1212. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know what, Wade? I imagine Phil flying home Sunday night, arriving at the house, grabbing his wife, the Wanamaker, heading out into the back patio and celebrating. We get it almost every night. When that moon gets so big and bright, it's supernatural delight. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight. You know, if you're loving this show and you want to share or subscribe, get that podcast when I post it tonight on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart. It's all over the place. And if you're all over the place, you can stream us every Friday afternoon at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. You just hit that Listen Now button. How about listening to this right here? Yes. Come on, man. Let's hit go. It. Ready? You know, it's a shame. It's a shame that you and I don't have more fun on Friday afternoons. <laughs> you know? We really should loosen up a little. That's we, so like a... um. Reminds me of being a kid. That's like an AM radio song to me. That that's what reminds in the summertime. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, totally. Not totally. to date myself. You know what? Yeah, you know what? You <laughs> mean mean Phil. We uh. Yes. Well, you know what? Just stop right there. Okay. You know what reminds me of being a kid, right? What's that? Is when I hit that one shot. You know what? But then I think to myself, why can't it be five or ten or even fifty shots that keep me coming back to the game? Well, you know what? That was our inspiration when we designed the all new Sim Two irons. Its unique cat-back design will give you more forgiveness and more distance, more often. Feel what it's like to play with better irons with the all-new Sim2 irons. Learn more about Sim2 irons 
And to find a fitting near you, head to tailormadegolf.com. All right. Throw the fun out the window because the big boys have a beef. On Monday afternoon, a video was released online of the Golf Channel's Todd Lewis. We love Todd Lewis. And he's interviewing Brooks Kepka. Well, during that interview, Bryson DeChambeau walked behind Brooks, setting off a chain reaction of events. Brooks gave an all-time eye roll, then followed up with a couple of intimate thoughts about DeChambeau. Intimate. Yeah, expletives. None of, none of this was a surprise to golf fans, as these two have been going back and forth since the 2019 Northern Trust here in New Jersey, where Brooks commented on Bryson's slow play. And then Bryson came back and he later commented on Brooks's ESPN magazine body photo shoot um, that led to Brooks then putting out a tweet that said he had a four pack, which was his four major championship trophies. You know, well, you know, the video was taken down about 24 hours after it was dropped online. Uh, In that time, roughly 12 million people viewed it. So good thing they took it it's down. Good thing they got it down. Yeah, good, they got it down just in time. You know, I'm I'm, I'm guessing more on this story to come. I well, so. like Rocky, more matches keep on coming. Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers are set to join the next iteration of the match, the match four. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Reigning U, uh, U.S. Open champion and NFL MVP will face PGA champion Phil Mickelson and Super Bowl champ Tom Brady. It was announced on Wednesday. The fourth edition is a made-for-TV event that will take place July 6th at the Reserve at Moonlight Basin in Big Sky, Montana. Did you say Moonlight? Ha! <laughs> they will play a modified alternate shot match play format. The reserve at Moonlight Basin sits at 7,000 feet elevation, so there's going to be all sorts of mammoth Bryson drives and so on and so forth. So Mickelson and Brady are a great draw and with some new characters in the fold and a wonderful venue. It looks like this should maybe gather some attention. You know, speaking of gathering attention, in a related story, Brooks takes to Twitter. After some tongue-in-cheek banter on social media following the announcement of that epic match number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson that they would be taking on DeChambeau and Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, right? Brooks tweeted out, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers 12, right? Seemingly because he is paired with DeChambeau for this match. Well, DeChambeau responded directly to Kepka by saying, at B. Kepka, it's nice to be living rent-free in your head. Oh, oddly enough, Brady might be to blame for the whole continued fireworks. So after Brady put a tweet out there, then DeChambeau answered Brady's post with one of his own referencing Deflategate. It just goes on and on. Mickelson then used Wednesday's exchange to take a playful jab after the response from Kepka, who tied for second behind Mickelson at the PGA Championship. So Phil tweeted out, he goes, I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside, except they want the current PGA champion. That's if, a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, if Phil didn't bring enough attention to the golf world this weekend with his historic win, we have it now. What? That, that was a laugh out loud moment when I first saw that. They went the current. Current. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, boys. What could what could possibly happen next, you know, in this story? You know what? There's a first time for everything there, Wade Weezer. Congratulations to the Ole Miss women's golf team for winning the NCAA championship on Wednesday over Oklahoma State. Chiara Tamberlini earned her first point of the week for Ole Miss on Wednesday in the final of the NCAA Women's Golf Championship against Oklahoma State. Her 6-5 win was the largest margin of victory in the women's final. A few minutes later, fifth-year senior Kennedy Swan uh, earned the Rebels' second point with a 2-1 win over Maya Stark. Then, 
Andrea Lingle, who played over 40 holes in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, drained a five-footer on the 17th hole of her finals match to clinch the win. But the win was a great part to the story for Ole Miss because it was their first ever sanctioned NCAA championship, men's or women's national championship. Wow. Right. But the story goes on. As part of the national championship win, one member gets selected for an LPGA exemption. So Ole Miss head coach Corey Henkes announced that it would be senior Julia Johnson. Johnson, in turn, bestowed the honor on fellow senior Kennedy Swan. This was so selfless of her. That's what Swan said. She goes, that means the world to me. She goes, it's going to be a huge help for me in my pro career to get out there and play in my first LPGA event before even going to Q school. She's like, you know, I'm not crying. You're no, crying. Yeah, of course. If you see this on Twitter, it's unbelievable. You know, uh, what a scene to end. What an incredible college season for all of these young women. Next week, we have the men who will compete to crown their champion. So let's see if the boys can live up to this amazing story. Even Mickelson's mom knows about hitting bombs. Right. They always say moms knows best. And no matter how old you are, and even if her advice goes against your own catchphrases, well, take it from Phil Mickelson, who turns 51 in just a couple of weeks and he won the PGA championship. Right. Well, that didn't stop his mother, Mary, from texting his sister, Tina, some final words of wisdom as Mickelson's round wound down and he clung to a lead. Mary, mom, tried to use Tina as a messenger because she knows Lefty won't be checking his phone much and probably wouldn't listen to her in the first place. Well, Tina, text Philip and tell him to just par in, right? Here's what his mom says. Don't hit bombs or activate calves. Just par. They will have to catch them. Good right? for her. Of course, hitting bombs and activating the calves have been catchphrases of Mickelson's, but, you know, he was 115th in the world, so mom, mom, mom knows best, right? So... Mickelson's mom, you know, in the weekly update, you know, I, I believe we have reached another level of reporting here, Mr. <laughs> Weezer. I love it. After this story, you know, moms are going to be texting us while we're on the air. While we're on the air. Yes. Hi, mom. Exactly. No texting. Speaking of dropping bombs, how about one more? Barstool Sports, El Presidente Dave Portnoy joined the Brooks Bryson fray. Of course he did. A month ago, we reported there will be a quarter of a million dollar golf match between Portnoy and Brooks Kepka playing left-handed, straight up, no strokes. You know, the winner would receive all the money and give it to the charity of their choice. Well, on Wednesday, Portnoy couldn't help himself, and he made his own tweet. He asked Bryson to be his caddy for the big charity match. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> no, yep. no answer from Bryson as of yet. But something tells me when you get an entity like Barstool involved in this feud, we have gone from like dumpster fire to a full full on five alarm fire. You know, and th wait, this all happened in roughly 72 hours. This is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have a response. I want to caddy this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we mentioned in the opening, the sports world is back, probably stronger and better than ever. You may not care for either Brooks or Bryson, or Brady, for that matter, but one thing's for sure. Their beef has us all entertained and a lot of pop culture attention on golf. That, folks, is a great thing. And that's your Pro Show Update for the week ending May 28, 2021. All of that aside, I certainly want to thank our sponsors for all they do week in and week out supporting the Pro Show. That's TaylorMade Golf, the New Jersey Golf Foundation, and of course, Summit Golf Brands. Next week on the Pro Show, we have the Chief Brand Officer of the USGA during the 76th Women's U.S. Open out there at the Olympic Club, and that's Craig Annis. Wade Weezer, great week as always, my friend. Pleasure to be with you. Lots of fun on a Friday afternoon. Hopefully, we're, the listeners are having as much fun as we are because you know we love them. Now, before I go, 
I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about boundaries. So many of us limit our lives and feel bound by something. But what if you were bound to be successful? As we approach normal, start your reset looking for the positive definition in everything. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.